Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. Joey, a good friend of mine, Matt Labash, his reporter, was covering you, called me last night after all this happened and said he'd never seen anything like it. This violence just erupted out of nowhere so fast, all aimed at you. A couple obvious questions. There are police all around. Why did none of them come to your aid as you were being beaten in the head and pepper sprayed? Well, we've talked to quite a few police officers. Most police officers, they join the force because they want to help people out in these situations. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's people higher up who are not allowing them to do it. Trust me, they didn't want to stand around and just watch, okay? We have, we have mayors all over California and in this country that are using the police forces for their own political gain. That's a hell of an interesting statement from a guy who was beaten down over the weekend by Antifa. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We have... A uh, Luckily, a lot of people listening on the West Coast, particularly in the San Francisco area, where this most recent uh, Antifa uh, uh, dust-up occurred, we have a lot of listeners, but apparently not enough in that the city councils or mayors or whatever haven't been listening to us talk about this for years right. because they're just waking up to it. Yeah, but they are waking up to it. And again, I don't want to kick them when they finally wake up and, and start. Uh, I do. You I want to kick them. Get, well, okay, go ahead. Uh, speaking of political violence, but um, a friend of the Armstrong and Getty show, Ryoga V, joins us. Ryoga, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's really good to talk to you. We've corresponded a little bit, but this is the first time we actually chatted. Listen, I don't want to introduce you like in the usual way we would introduce a guest, because one of the main things we want to talk about, um, at least in this segment, is who you are and what what your group's message was going to be and how it was described by, for instance, uh, San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee and Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi and, and the media. Go ahead and tell us, how were you being described? Um, well, I'll, I'll quickly say that, you know, uh, Joey Gibson, who runs Patriot Fair, um, you know, while he's a lot of things, his message on stage is very consistent and clear. You know, he wants to bring moderates together. He wants to bring, you know, conservatives um, and liberals together and have a, a dialogue um, you know, down the middle and open that platform for all people to have a voice without violence. Um, so white supremacy to... and anti-Jew, okay. Well, no, no, wait a second. That's I didn't, not quite what I heard. I didn't no. hear any of that. I suppose so. Um, so the weeks leading up to the Patriot Prayer Rally in San Francisco, um, you start hearing the rumblings of, you know, oh, the alt-right is coming, you know, right-wing people are coming. And then it came out to just blatantly, you know, direct lies from Ed Lee, Nancy Pelosi, and even Barbara Lee, uh, where they described us as neo-Nazis, as white supremacists, uh, as alt-right. And the majority of us 
are African-American uh, minorities, Hispanic, people of color. Joy Gibson is Japanese-American. You know, one of the speakers was Samoan. We were all a bunch of brown and black people who were going to get on stage and talk about, you know, pertinent issues, you know, in the communities of minorities. And yet they continued consistently. And even after being told the truth, they doubled down and tell the entire, you know, Bay Area that white nationalists and Nazis were coming to San Francisco. And the local media jumped in, uh, it's repeating their their descriptions, right? Well, what? Absolutely. And they yeah. put us all at risk, by the way. You know, that that's one of the... I would oh, agree. sure, it we puts you at risk. Heck yeah. Threats. Um, you know, there were, you know, even at the rally, you know, people complain about the rally being canceled. It, let me just get this out there. There were very, very credible threats uh, at the rally in San Francisco, we were in talks with the police and the park services an hour before the cancellation because things had made a, a significant change. And Joey felt that it was in the best uh, for all people that we cut it because we didn't want to see another incident like Charlottesville, even though we have nothing to do with it. Nothing of our message is going to be anything related to the incidents in Charlottesville. But that is what the media and the local politicians continued to uh, put out. God, they're so the bad. The thing to do was to not have the rally. And we got crapped on for that. You know, like, oh, you you just wanted to change a venue so you could cause violence. Like, oh, no. And, and <laughs> just the opposite. Hey, listen, this is irrelevant. And it seems odd to ask a question that's completely irrelevant. <laughs> but um, how, how would you describe yourself politically? Uh, Lefty-leaning liberal centrist. Vincent, how was, uh, what did a Facebook person say? Uh, a Facebook person went on our Facebook and said, you realize the guy you're having on is? Extreme right wing. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not right in the slightest bit. Well, and like, the reason I, it's irrelevant. I believe black lives matter. I believe trans lives matter. Uh, I believe in the criminal, you know, or believe the, you know, against the criminalization of sex workers. Um, you know, you can think of any progressive issue out there, you know, that deserves a little bit of attention, you know, and I'm either, you know, I support things that are good in my position and, and crap on things that are bad. Okay, just 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 real briefly now, in case, you know, somebody's been uh, going over the many potholes in the highways of California or the western United States and didn't hear that. Here is this gent described by Nancy Pelosi and uh, and uh, Ed Lee and all the media in the San Francisco Bay Area as far right, alt right. Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, uh, pro-legalization of, I'd say, virtually anything <laughs> that doesn't hurt anybody. Um, yeah. Right, exactly. So here, here's your far-right guy, as described by all those people. That is awful. I mean, that should scare people. That should really scare people. You know, I'm going to give Nancy Pelosi the benefit of the doubt here and think that she just doesn't know. Her people have no, told you, her. you can't. You can't. You absolutely cannot do that. Yeah, I was going to say, please she don't. absolutely knew. You think I, I she knows? that out there in the ether. Um, she absolutely knew. Um, we contacted the mayor's office. We contacted Nancy Pelosi. I, I personally directly contacted Barbara Lee after she got on stage and did a press conference and called us the neo-Nazis. Um, we sent invitations to all of them, and we know they got them. You know, this, this issue is too big for them not to have gotten sure. it. Um, and they, they all doubled down even after that message came out. Barbara Lee in particular, um, after I reached out to her, she later got on uh, KGO's Brian Copeland's program, and Brian Copeland asked her, was like, wait a minute, you know, and just for a moment, even though he continued the same rhetoric, just for a moment he mentioned that Joey Gibson was Japanese-American. You know, how could he be, you know, all right? And Barbara Lee said, well, I don't know the guy. I don't know anything about him. So wow. Just like that, you know, like you, you, you say these hateful things about us. You mislabel us. You put our lives at, in danger and risk. And then you say, like, well, I don't know anything about you. That's scary. 
Well, That's scary. When politicians start doing that, I mean, you're getting into some really dangerous territory. And listen, I've got to, well, two things. Number one, we are going to have Ryoga deliver his incredibly dangerous right-wing speech, or at least a, a substantial part of it, uh, though that was in quotes, obviously, next segment. Um, and I would say to Brian Copeland and others, there are a number of hosts on KGO who regularly, you know, badmouth us. Franklin. And, and, and call. Franklin. <laughs> you can say it, I'm not going to. Who call us idiots. Um, well, I am an idiot. And so I was, in his defense, well, it, <laughs> um, and 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 a lot of it is because people are so into they are so they're so personally wrapped up in being in the right tribe. It's side instead of principle. It's it's somebody who will for months and months defend political violence if it's from their side. Um, and, and just that sort of thing is rampant in America, and it's dangerous oh, and it's stupid. You know. I don't, you know, I don't want to rail on trip ship too much, but like, especially in his case, because after, you know, during the last recent riots in Berkeley, he'd get on the air the next day. And he's like, oh, it was just one or two guys that got pushed around. I'm like, are you kidding me that he would downplay the savagery of what took place on the street? It was a militia um, of uniformed, armed people sweeping over police barriers and, and committing and political said, violence. You guys probably and, can't say and it. And by the these were organized by Yvette Forlarka. Uh, who is the middle school teacher in you know in Berkeley who has right. been suspended multiple times and arrested and for whatever reason nobody wants to touch her because she's very close friends with the mayor. Right. That is crazy. And just for the record, you know, whatever host, whatever person uh, uh, this applies to, somebody who's slightly right of center or like libertarian starts to commit political violence, we're going to condemn them before the dust settles. We're not going to downplay it. We're not going to say, well, they're in the right, and I really hate those liberals, so I'm kind of glad they're getting their hell beat out of them. We're not going to do that, okay? Which oh, God, may... if a violent army was sweeping through the streets of San Francisco and attacking the gay pride parade, for instance, right. I'd be for putting those people in jail forever. Right, right. Round them up and put them in the penitentiary. All right, so having established that uh, Ryoga V and the people from uh, the Patriot Prayer Group had absolutely nothing in mind that had the least relationship to Nazis or the KKK or the alt-right or anything else, and that that was a ginormous lie, uh, we are going to have Ryoga deliver at least a, a good solid chunk of the speech that was so abhorrent the folks in Antifa, with the support of local authorities, beat them down and their supporters down and told you, you can't hear this because it's hate speech. We'll hear that hate speech next. Yeah, Stay so with that's us. coming up. And, and focus on the, uh, the fact that we have politicians who are lying to you at that level. To whip up fear and violence. Politicians whipping up violence is not good. That is not good. Yep. So stay tuned for that. It was too dangerous. Luckily, we're just putting it out. Boy, I don't know. I think maybe you ought to pull your car over. If you listen to this while you're driving. Oh, yeah. Big heap and helping a hate speech next. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I think we're going to have to think big picture about what's the strategy of how we're going to deal with these violent um, elements on the left as well. I think we should classify them as a gang. You know, they come dressed in, in uniforms, they have weapons, they're almost a militia. I think we need to think about that in terms of our law enforcement approach. Wow, that's a miracle. Jesse Aragon, the uh, the mayor of Berkeley, what? California. At some point, that is I, a miracle. I guess it becomes so overwhelmingly obvious 
that this is bad. This is un-American. This is free speech being stifled by bad people. The fact that you kind of agree with the people that they hate doesn't matter. Right. If you hate the same people, well, you shouldn't hate anybody. Uh, although I'm not very uh, up on uh, Nazis, frankly. I hate them pretty bad. Uh, just because you, that doesn't mean your side gets to engage in the very tactics they claim to decry. But we've made that case many times. Um, Ryoga Lee rejoins. I'm sorry, Ryoga V. Uh, Ryoga is, happens to be a friend of Armstrong and Getty. He was going to speak over the weekend as a... Uh, left-leaning progressive black man against uh, against political violence and the fact that we need free speech. Um, he was described, as we discussed in the last segment, he and, and the folks speaking, um, a collection of black and brown people and transgender people as alt-right extremists, racists, uh, Klansmen. Anything else I'm leaving out of the uh, list, Ryoga? No, 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 no. That's uh, pretty accurate. Okay. <laughs> fascists, you're probably called a fascist at, at oh, yeah, one point. Oh, yeah, called a fascist. And yeah. indeed, uh, the, the people who did show up to take that stand in favor of the free exchange of ideas were beaten down by Antifa, and finally... While the police watched. That's right, while the police watched. And even the mayor of Berkeley has been forced to admit how sickening it is. But you're prevented from speaking. You are going to speak now. Ryogavi's speech, at least most of it, now on the air on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Sir, our air is yours. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To everyone listening, here we go. Uh, I'd like to start off by giving you a small introduction of who I am and how I got here. My name is Ryoga V. I was born in a small town in southern Oklahoma, but I did the bulk of my upbringing in Greenville, Mississippi. In my early days, I was surrounded by poverty, imagery of the Confederacy, and attended two schools named after Robert E. Lee. I even lived not too far from a sundown sign um, that stood at least until 1995. And if you're unfamiliar what a sundown sign is, it's pretty much a marker that tells black folks in no uncertain terms to make sure you get back back indoors before the sunset. I'm telling you this to give you an idea of where I've been, um, that I've been around racism, ignorance, bigotry, pretty much a constant in my entire life. You know, when things really turned for me, I witnessed the savage acts that took place in San Jose, California during the Trump rally. There were no Nazi flags. There were no KKK hoods at that gathering. It was mostly a bunch of elderly men and women who were attacked and beaten in the streets while the police stood by mere feet away, and they pretty much shrugged. When the dust settled, the mayor blamed Trump for what had taken place, ignored the responsibility of, you know, the irresponsibility uh, of the police force, you know, um, and the inaction of law enforcement. And while I'm not a Trump supporter, I said to myself, that's not right. Months later, Mayo Yiannopoulos was tearing up the college speaking circuit. He's pissing off liberals, conservatives alike, for being a young gay Jewish provocateur. I read in the headlines that made assertions that he was a white nationalist, he was homophobic, anti-Semitic, racist. And I thought to myself, wait a second, the gay Jewish dude who can't stop talking about his black boyfriend? So out of curiosity, I went down to Berkeley just to hear the man speak. I wanted to know for myself if he really was as dangerous as people said. Instead of hearing Milo, however, I watched some 1,500 Antifa protesters set fires, attack people with sticks and mace, and cause upwards of 600,000 in property damage. And even AI was the target of assaults. I was called a Nazi just for showing up. And once again, I said to myself, that's not right. Skipping ahead in March of this year, I once again found myself witnessing a repeat acts of horrible violence taking place on the streets of Berkeley. I saw elderly man laid out in the middle of MLK Park lawn, wrapped in bandages, bloody. I watched as law enforcement stood down while citizens begged for help. I wondered why there was no one brave enough to stand up to these kinds of thugs. But that afternoon, I saw brave men and women take charge and defend the public from violent anarchists who have continually caused havoc in the Bay Area. Those, made a, those people made a huge sacrifice for their own safety and to stand up for what I consider right. 
And speaking of sacrifice, each of us, and I'm speaking to the audience, to you, each of us came here today, you know, and, and it's a form of sacrifice. Sacrifice with time, sacrifice with the distance that people came here, and other people with our personal lives. Just in part, you know, excuse me, <laughs> just being part of this has cost me numerous friends. And these arms aren't supposed to be easy, regardless of whether you're left or right or a centrist. You're making a sacrifice just by being here. Some of us might be docs by the end of the day just for showing up. There's a chance some of you will be, have your, uh, will be mistaken for your intentions. Your livelihood will be you know, put in jeopardy. Some of you might even be arrested for protesting and demonstrating for what you believe in. And make no mistake, I greatly respect your presence here. But sadly, some of you will be bruised and bloodied after being here. But freedom is not just given to you. It's not a right bestowed by God. You have to earn it. When we have to continually fight for it, just by being here today, you are showing your willingness to fight. And regardless if you are against the speakers here today, you are participating in the process. Our governing leaders tried really hard to prevent this from happening. We're here so that the day that you want to take this space and have your own demonstration, you're not censored by your mayor or Congress. And that's what's happening here. It's a form of censorship. The mayor and congresswoman knew that this was not a Nazi rally. They knew weeks in advance that there were no white supremacists here, but they called you out to come to protest. They were using you as their defensive arm of censorship. And I'm here to tell you, don't believe the hype. Don't take that bait. Do not fall into that trap. The vast majority of you are here because you heard a lie. Every single major news publication kept spreading the lies that this was a white nationalist rally. The Southern Poverty Law Center said that Joy Gibson was alt-right and Patriot, Patriot Pair specializes in armed rallies aimed at provoking far-left anarchist groups. The San Francisco Examiner said that we were white supremacist rally coming to San Francisco. SF Gate, white nationalists planning rallies in San Francisco. Cron 4 quoted Mayor Ed, Ed Least, you know, uh, for federal officials to reject the permit of an alt-right group, and on and on. We sent out invitations to Ed Lee, Nancy Pelosi, and Barbara Lee to come out and speak at our rally so that they would have the opportunity uh, to have a captive audience. But, you know, they denied. In fact, they doubled down. And it saddens me, you know, when I hear the news and I hear that black women like Diamond and Silk are targeted on YouTube for speaking against the narrative and having the wrong politics. Patriots like Robert Pete getting called a house Negro and an Uncle Tom for not buying into the liberal agenda. Just the other day, I saw black conservative R.C. Maxwell get choked out, dragged, sucker punched just for standing on the wrong side of the political aisles and standing up against illegal immigration that affects black people far more than other people, especially the gentrified kids in the mission that march against it. <sighs> and it's not like I don't like undocumented people, but for us, we're the ones that have to fight over the last few crumbs of affordable housing in the city. And truth be told, I think black people are the most patriotic among us. We fought hard to earn our right to vote in this country. Many of us didn't get a chance to see the end and get that victory. But don't be upset that fellow brothers and sisters don't want to want to vote conservative. Be pissed off that they don't want to vote at all. That's the type of stuff that's holding us back. It's a form of oppression. You know, it reminds me of black people who have that crab bucket mentality. And if you don't understand what that phrase means, this is part isn't for you. But I'm here to tell you, just because another brother doesn't share your vision does not make him your enemy. Conservative black folks are perhaps the strongest voice out there that want to see you succeed. They don't buy, blindly pick a side. They do their research. They attend meetings. They look at each candidate before stepping into the ballot box. I'm happy that they're out there, though. Not because I, you know, I agree with them and their policies or the, that of the current administration, but more so because I don't. I don't want to live in a world where everyone thinks the same, follows the same path, drinks the same Kool-Aid. I want to hear from the other side. I want to learn from different opinions. 
or see the perspective of those that walked a different path. And I told you, I grew up in Greenville, Mississippi, surrounded by Confederate imagery. I choose not to play it any, pay it any mind. The reality is that white supremacists and so-called Nazis, they do exist, but they're not my oppressors. Nazis can't stop me from getting ed- educated. Nazis can't stop me from getting a job. Nazis can't take away my right to vote, but the government can. An unfair judicial system that harshly punishes black and brown people and, you know, and sisters, they can't. Corrupt judges and crooked politicians can. And a poorly focused congresswoman, those are my oppressors. Some of you are standing next to my oppressors right now. And I don't want to talk about the elephant in the room, but there are a lot of you who identify as that Antifa out there. Antifa is my oppressor. You riot in the streets yelling Black Lives Matter, but you smash the windows of Black-owned businesses and Hispanic-owned businesses. There was a youth center in downtown Oakland that primarily served people of color that never recovered from the actions of Antifa riots. Those actions are taking opportunities away from my people, Black people. Don't be fooled by the wolf in sheep's clothing. When, I stand, when we stand up and march against injustice, we get the dogs and fire hoses, black people. When Antifa march, they get a smile and a nod. Hell, they might even get a police escort. When I look out in the streets, I see tent cities stretched from San Francisco to Berkeley. I don't pout and say to myself, oh, that's, you know, that's so sad. No, I want to know who's responsible. We have a Democratic mayor, a Democratic city council, and Congress, and a governor. And we're still out here struggling. White supremacists aren't creating you know, gaps in homelessness. Nazis aren't taking away our health care. We don't have any Confederates evicting people from their homes. But what I do see is a lack of leadership, a city that allows for rich foreign interests to come in and buy up all the land, not pay their fair share in taxes, and kick us to the curb. And they wonder why homelessness, homeless people are on the streets and why people are living in warehouse spaces. Man, I wish we had the gall to take this energy that we have here today, all this hate and anger and directed at our true oppressors. Close your eyes for a second and imagine the imagery. We took the 10,000 people here right now and marched on City Hall, marched over to Nancy Pelosi's house, took a trip up to Sacramento with the same vigor and fire and demanded change, demanded end to private prisons, health care, affordable housing. But y'all don't. You won't. You don't care. The establishment's been railroading us since we were born. And until we wake up, this cycle will always continue. Now, if I have a moment, let me take a step back. It's funny how I see where I rarely see black people with Black Lives Matter shirts on. And it's likely because we don't really need it. We live this struggle every day. And while some of you Caucasian or Caucasian friends out there might have them on right now, these shirts do not impress me. You picked up a $15.99 shirt off Amazon Prime, clicked the two-day free shipping to get a shirt made by child labor in the Philippines for seven cents an hour, just so you can post up on Instagram and show the world just how woke you are. It ain't cutting it for me. If you want to impress me, post a photo of your donation check to the United Negro College Fund. Post a photo with the Valencia filter, made a check made out to the NAACP. Donate to any of the charities that Colin Kaepernick is promoting to help children in the inner city and get a leg up and opportunity to break free from a ghetto. Until then, what I see you doing is jumping on the bandwagon and participating in cultural misappropriation. My culture. If nothing else you take from me today, take these words. You can't fight hate with hate. Truth be told, racists need love, too. You can't blame somebody for the ideology they were born into. It's a system of the world that tells us to hate. You can't blame a white person for not liking black people. If everything he sees, reads, and hears is stereotypical of the images, stereotypical images of black folk, that constant image will only perpetuate a person's belief. Hate perpetuates hate, but love begets love. If you want to be love, give love. 
Many of you, many of you out there chant bash the fast. And I'm here to tell you from experience that only drives the nail harder into their ideology. And it solidifies their belief. If you truly hate their ideology, love the person behind it. Stop and ask yourself how they got there in the first place. What did they see? What did they experience? What were they taught? What brought them to this place? I challenge all of you today. Seek out somebody from the other side. Ask them how their day is going. No politics, no Trump, no left, no right. Just ask how they are. Wish them well. See what you guys have in common. I ask you to do this because it's hard. It's the hardest thing you could possibly do today. And in honesty, I'd much rather square up and swing on somebody than talk to them. But I put it out there because that's what should be done. So much good can come from it. Thank you for, my t- for your time. I'm Rio Gavi. That is the worst white supremacy speech I've ever heard. Yeah, you're really ineffective at spreading hate. Um, that was the speech that couldn't happen because it was too dangerous and, and right-wingy and racist. It is just sickening. And just one more point, and then I want to get to some quick reaction. Um, it's the branding of people, their X or their Y, that's so dangerous because these violent groups, they reserve to themselves the right to describe somebody like Ryoga as, as a fascist when he's exactly the opposite. Um, and his message is exactly the opposite. But Nancy Pelosi repeated it. Ed Lee, the mayor, repeated it. All the media repeated it because that's what they heard. Yeah, a couple of texts, and I'll do more later. By the way, you got a, a ton of praise uh, for your speech, um, and, thank you, and thank you, thank appropriately, you. and I'll get to that later. But I want that. I wanted to hit you with a couple of these while you're on the phone, just to have you respond okay. to it. The Nazis never admitted to bad people in their group either, so that's the idea that you're saying there are no bad people in this in this group. And uh, apparently, the mayor of uh, San Francisco was on Ron's show on KGO after us, saying that you are a white supremacy group. Uh, <laughs> just the other day. Um, I, I can try to quickly answer that, um, yeah. that he's saying, you know, I'm not uh, defending negative elements of the group, I, but there's there's levels and there's other elements that people don't understand. People just assume left means far left and other people assume that right means far right. Um, and they're not seeing, you know, people only see the extremists on other end. Um, far, far left extremists are very dangerous people and far right extremists are extremely dangerous people. I tr- personally, I don't think we've actually seen the real, real, real far right extremists yet. What, what you're seeing on the videos are people who are coming out to talk, um, you know, maybe to push buttons and cause a little, you know, drama. But you're not seeing the, the armed people with AR-15s and stuff, you know, who want to kill black people. Right. So, well, and, and, and also your very point is that you don't need to agree with everything that everybody, for instance, in your group is in favor of. Some of it, I'd, I'd imagine, you dislike very strongly. But oh, the absolutely. point is, I call, you, I call it out all the time. <clears> you know, you there's, don't there's get to beat to. people with sticks for that reason. Well, we're in trouble. If speeches like the one you just gave can't be heard in parks or college campuses and that sort of stuff, we got a serious, serious problem. We sure appreciate your time today. Yeah, Ryoga, hey, uh, thanks a million. Well done. Let's stay in touch, all right? Absolutely. All right, well done. It's it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's absolutely incredible that that has happened in my lifetime, that violence stops speech like that from happening. Right, and you can call a guy like that a, a white supremacist or a fascist. As and, a congressperson. Right, exactly. As a congressperson or a mayor or, I guess, Diane Feinstein said something about it, too. Wow.
uh, that to deny the permit to them. They had a permit, and she wanted to deny the permit to right. the white supremacists. So right. we got more uh, reaction from the text line coming up. But first, Marshall, what do you got coming up in your news? We've got new reports about alleged Trump links to Moscow found in emails turned over to investigators. And there could be a major breakthrough in treating PTSD. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. Yeah, according to this guy, if the emails are accurate or... He knew what he was talking about. Trump wanted to build the biggest tower in the world in Moscow. Yep. Duh. Stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The worst white supremacy speech I have ever heard. Failed I mean, on every level. It was just not good. It was not good. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. And um, a lot of you people are saying you got to post that and send the podcast around. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll absolutely do yeah. that. We'll yeah. uh, have we'll tweet links and the rest of it. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show News Now with Marsha Phillips. You know, story making the rounds these days. President Trump's attorney tried to get help from the Kremlin to build a Trump Tower in Moscow, a project he discussed with Trump three times. Now, Michael Cohen is the attorney. He has confirmed the Moscow proposal says it was considered in 2015 and into 2016, but said it was in no way related to the presidential campaign. Now, Cohen said it was just one project under consideration by the Trump organization, ultimately rejected, but Donald Trump did sign a non-binding letter of intent in 2015 related to the project, first reported by the New York Times and the Washington Post, after the Trump Organization gave internal emails to the House Intelligence Committee. Now, the Times also reported one of Trump's business associates, Felix Sater, told Cohen in 2015 he was working on the tower proposal with associates of Russian President Putin and said it would help Trump's presidential campaign. In emails written by Sater to Cohen, he said that getting the tower built would show off Trump's negotiating skills and help boost his electability. Sater writing, quote, our boy can become president of the USA and we can engineer it. So he would appear to be some sort of guru of international deals. He got elected without doing that. <laughs> we, yeah, and, and you know, the funny thing is about Trump continuing to do business, you know, up to close to the campaign or during the campaign, is he and everybody else was convinced he was going to lose. The the key to all Trump stories, all of them, whether you're talking about Barack Obama's reaction, Hillary's reaction, the other 16 candidates' reaction, Comey's reaction, business dealings, all of them hinge upon the fact that nobody thought he was going to win. Correct. (laughs) But if there turns out to be malfeasance or treason or whatever, find it, try him, convict him, throw everybody in jail. I'm fine with that. Convict him of what? Well, that's the point. Yeah, if there's something there, go get him. But uh, it's another example of, because he's been saying for quite some time we had no dealings with the Russians, and there's some dealings with the Russians. Want to get to this story. The FDA declaring MDMA or ecstasy is a breakthrough therapy for treating post-traumatic stress disorder. The recreational drug has been shown in clinical trials to provide significant relief for those with PTSD. What's the drug? It is MDMA or ecstasy, oh. or Molly, as uh, the uh, kids call it, I do believe. Anyway, the- <laughs> yeah, the, the, the MDMA is the, that's the yeah. medical term of the quote-unquote the active ingredient. Right. The okay. ecstasy and the other things, that's the, the street stuff you get that's right. mixed with various other things. Right. It's interesting to me, that story and then that story about um, people who are depressed after right. cancer treatment doing uh, acid. Right. It helps bring them out of right. it. It's a similar yeah, sort of thing. Psilocybin as well, the active ingredient yeah. in uh, mushrooms. Yeah, the FDA is saying in uh, one of the trials, 
The drug led to more than 60% of the test subjects ending up no longer suffering from PPTSD. That's miraculous. Get it going immediately. And this childish idea that, well, people get high with it, so we can't do that. No, that's a side effect of a psychoactive substance. The, there's euphoria or disorientation or however you want to describe being high. That's a side effect. If it can also do those other things, the side effect is a minor story. Put it down in in, in, in paragraph 15 if this can help our vets do it so joe wants children doing ecstasy that is yet another powerful and logical argument from the mind of jack armstrong that's wrapped that's your news i'm marshall phillips the armstrong and getty show the voice of the west joe wants his surgeon high on acid oh if if at all possible yeah wow that and you're being soft on north korea the neville chamberlain of our day those two things (laughs) it's hard to imagine how i stay employed Well, history will judge you harshly. Let it. Uh, we got a bunch of great texts about uh, our guest and that whole topic, so uh, we'll hit you with some of those coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So coming up, somebody who attended a cuddle party. We've talked about this in the past. Also, somebody who's actually had the $125,000 bottle of wine that uh, Conor McGregor drank the other night. That's correct, sir. We have a review. I didn't know there was more than one. But we got a ton of text, as you would expect, from our guest that we had on um, earlier in the hour giving the speech that was uh, called hateful by Nancy Pelosi and uh, Dianne Feinstein and a mayor of San Francisco and many others. And Antifa was going to beat the hell out of them. So uh, they didn't they didn't give the speech. Right. And the politicians backed up Antifa by saying, you're right, this sort of hate speech shouldn't happen. Turned out it was a very nice speech. I'm going to assume you heard it for the sake of these texts. Great segments. Please put them on YouTube with the photograph up and ask all your listeners to post YouTubes to Facebook. The headline should be you're shocked. And who this group really is and what the band speaker had to say. Yeah, it, it should go. That's a great idea. It should go viral. Nancy Pelosi is going to be on Ron Owens at 10 on KGO. I, uh, I, I, I trust that Ron is going to get into the details of uh, who this group is and all that sort of stuff. Well, well certainly the nature of the speech to be given and the idea that the permit should be canceled because it was too, quote unquote, one thing or another. It's sickening. See, our guest said there's no way Nancy Pelosi didn't know what she was doing. I'm hoping that these politicians, the governor of California, whoever, they haven't spoken out. They're just so detached that they don't even they haven't even caught on to what Antifa is yet. I mean, the mainstream media didn't catch on until last week. Well, so and I'm it, hoping that's the case. I could be wrong. You can't be cynical enough about politicians. You'd have to work on it every day for decades. I think I, they knew full well. I disagree with that man's list of solutions, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for airing his speech. Uh, I disagree with him on about 30% of his political beliefs, but that doesn't mean I don't love him. Or, I think he's a great dude. Or the idea that you can't say that out loud. Right. Or it's, should be beaten down and bloodied for saying it. While the police watch. While that's the cops key. watch and the, and, the, and the politicians approve. That's really a key to the whole thing. Thank you once again, Jesse Aragine, the great coward of Berkeley, for finally hearing my words, which is, you can't passive your way out of this, Jesse. You need to take a stand. He finally has. This has to get out. A different text. Will you please post that to Twitter? This was the best speech I've heard in a very long time. Wow, kudos for putting that man on. He should be on every national news station spewing his much-needed hate speech. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
fantastic speech, just a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, B.S. These are paid anarchists from the right, not the left. Somebody who believes that Antifa is a paid right-wing group. Oh, boy. That'd be very complicated to pull off. Oh, boy. You're not Um, from anywhere they operate. (laughs) You know otherwise. uh, A lot of people wanting this posted to social media. You guys are awesome. Thank you for letting this guy deliver his entire speech. Just wow. Driving to work with tears in my eyes. What an eloquent, soul-touching speech. Can he help President Trump articulate his thoughts? (laughs) Mm, Probably not. Uh, I don't know who this is talking right now, but he's effing awesome. Please make this speech easily accessible on your website. Lots of that. Um, it, it just it's, uh, The fact that the politicians and then the police force doing the bidding of the politicians are willing to allow uh, a violent group to go around and beating people down is just, you know, and he gets back to, and we're the only ones, I think we're the only ones in America that were talking about the San Jose incident after it happened. Right, when, people, when people were showing up to a Trump rally and got beaten up in the street just for showing up to a political speech, that is freaking scary. And the mayor of, of San Jose got to keep his job by allowing the police to, to just do nothing. Right. That is so frightening. Yeah. That's what happened. Well, it's sickening. We'll keep uh, fighting against it for what it's worth. Yeah. I uh, got to do the mugshot thing with police last night. They finally arrested you. Yeah, about time. I've never done that before. I'll explain what it was like coming up. All my crimes finally caught up with me. No, no, no. Did they do the perp walk? Pull your jacket over your head? (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I'm talking about. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.